You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into another week of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here, you there. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Producer extraordinaire, co-host with the most, and elite catfish wrangler, Mr. James Mesh. Oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself elite by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. I uh, heard y'all had a rough rough weekend oh, up was, on the bend. Oh, yeah. We, uh, for seven people, we didn't have enough fish to feed. <laughs> Jesus. Probably had about enough for two or three. That's insane. My the the catfish that I caught, I only caught two of them, and they were both babies. So one and one and one of them was a foul hook. You ended up I hit, got him in the middle of the stomach. You ended up hitting up the Mexican restaurant, huh? Yeah. What what Mexican restaurant did you go to? <laughs> it's called El Patio. El Patio. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, it's I've actually not there. bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I got the uh, the burrito especial. Ooh. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Sounds fancy. Yeah, uh, the my friend had gotten a quesadilla to go with his his steak fajita or his chicken fajita, and instead of giving us a quesadilla, they gave us a taco salad. Oh, I thought you were gonna say they gave you a quesadilla. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so a taco salad instead of a quesadilla. Yeah, yeah which I was gonna close. which I was gonna eat the next morning before we headed out, but they threw it away. <laughs> So, yeah. All right, cool. They also threw away the rest of my McDonald's. I was going to eat that, too. <laughs> they, Man, just they, just, all... they just wanted to get rid of all your food. <laughs> they just threw away all my food. I was like, okay, cool. Um, you know, it is what it is. All right, dude, we got a lot to get into today. NBA Finals, we're going to talk Game 4 and preview Game 5. The NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals, has been set. We'll talk about that. You got Super Regionals finishing up today. The Omaha Field, six of the eight teams have been determined. What a crazy, crazy day in the world of college baseball yesterday. We'll talk about that, the PGA Tour, the LIV Tour, and so much more on today's show at 4.30. Wilson Alexander will join us for Tiger Talk to get everything you need to know about the LSU Tigers. And then at 5.30, Wade Townsend, who is a college baseball analyst, will join us to discuss the Super Regionals and what we can expect in Omaha. Poll question of the day up on Facebook and Twitter. David Johnson visiting with the Saints. Does David Johnson help the Saints in your eyes? Yes, no, we'll see. So far we've got two votes on Twitter. Both of them say no. James would you like the signing of David Johnson? Technical difficulties. So David Johnson, if you look in age-wise, he's 30. Mark Ingram, I've I've heard this a lot. You know, they're close in age. Mark Ingram is 32. I don't know. I just feel like David Johnson has done 
a lot of good in the league. I mean, outside of that, he had that great run in Arizona where his rookie year he ran for nearly 600 yards, and then he followed that up with 1,200 yards and 16 touchdowns. And then the next year he got hurt, game one. Comes back, gets 940, and then he had the next year 350, missed a couple games, and then he got traded to Houston. His first year in Houston was okay, 700 yards, six touchdowns, and then last year, I mean, he didn't do much of anything in Houston. I mean, 228 yards and no touchdowns. But then again, you're playing for the Texans. Yeah, and they're running back group it was like four of them and they were all just meh yeah. no 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 one was really dominant you had Burkhead you had Philip Lindsay you had David Johnson and I think else. I think this is that perfect scenario where he needs to change of scenery to revitalize his career I could I could see it I the way I see it more of let's say let's say Camara weeks 12 through 15 or 12 through 16. Let's say he's he's suspended. Okay. It feels like you would you would do more of a 50-50 split maybe or maybe a 40-40 split almost. And then you just have the other 10% or 20% be a mix of kind of changing it up with Deontay Hardy and Taysom Hill runs. Yeah. Just 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 to change it up but I don't think any one of them will be like a dominant back who's going to be out there 60-70% of the time like Camaro would. So I think if you've got David Johnson, Ingram, Camara, and then, you know, Abram Smith hanging around as your fourth stringer. I mean, I think that's an elite running back room. Yeah, that it, it'd be pretty good. It just all kind of depends on how much tread do, how much tread is realistically left on those tires. Yeah, because it, it felt like he he popped off in 2016. We had talked about that in 2017. I I remember that one specifically because he was on my fantasy team. I, I think he was my he was either my first or second round pick and lost him for the season. So, but then he was able to come back and have another good season. And then after that, he just kind of felt like he's fallen off and. Even in 2020, where it was like it was okay, almost 700 yards, he still didn't feel very effective. He wasn't the same. He hasn't felt the same since his injury. Even the 900 yard season in 2018. Yeah. No, it, it's true. Um, so, it, it, for me, it would have to be a team friendly deal. Obviously, it, it'd and, have to be a one year right. Either veteran men, or it would have to be about two million at most. Maybe give him some incentives just in case. Like, hey, we'll we'll make it more intriguing just in case Kamara does get injured for those games. Right. We'll, I mean, we'll 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 put you out there about half the time. See I'm what not you can gonna. Do. I'm I'm not gonna pay the cat ten million dollars. Oh no. But you know, if he wants to get, if he wants to come in for a one year deal, like you said, two maybe three million dollars. And make it prove, very incentive and prove his worth, then sure, why not? Because if, if after a year he's still not right, you cut your ties and move on. Yeah, it, it it's nothing that would be super financially burning. Here's the other reason that I like the move, and puts another veteran in that locker room to mentor Abram Smith, 
who is a guy that you clearly think very highly of. I mean, shoot, the one time he's actually played a running back at his natural position, he goes for 1,600 yards? Oh, I'm not saying there is a reason yeah. to be high on him, but just to have a second veteran voice, not only in the locker room, but in that running back room, mm-hmm. would be huge. Because not to mention, what do the Saints love? Versatility. Mm-hmm. What does Abram Smith do? Versatile. Because he was willing to go out there and play on the opposite side of the field. Right. Play linebacker for Baylor. He played linebacker for two years. And then finally when they were like, all right, cool, we, we can move you back. And he pay, it paid dividends for him because he, he probably learned a lot from being on the defensive side. Yep. He, he, he learned a lot of tendencies when it comes to the defense, and it, it probably helped him have such a great season that he had this last. No, for sure, for sure. Let's look at some top headlines in the world of sports. Lamar Jackson was rejoined. He rejoined the Ravens today for the first time this offseason. I know that's a big story in Baltimore because Lamar's looking for a contract extension. Is he going to get one, or will Lamar Jackson be wearing a new uniform in 2023? It's a question that a lot of people are asking. Personally, I don't think he's going to be in Baltimore. Now, don't ask me where he's going to go. I have no idea. We have to see how this year shakes out. But if you ask me right now how how I'm feeling on that scenario, I think this is Lamar's last year in Baltimore. Really? I do. Interesting. Again, don't know where he's going to go. It's obviously going to depend on who's going to need a quarterback next year. But I don't know if he's going to be able – I don't know. Not only – I don't know if Baltimore is going to be able to give him the deal that he wants – and then again, at the same time, I don't know if he's going to be able to come down on his number in order for Baltimore to afford it. If Baltimore was smart, they would have done the extension right after the MVP season. Right. That's when you should have done it. Right. Should have capitalized whenever it was it was there because now that we've gone two seasons since then, the, and the, the number is only going up because you look at the market for quarterbacks. It, oh, yeah. it continually goes up, so you might as well have signed them to a five-year extension. You're, you're going to have to pay Lamar $40 million. 35 minimum. I mean, that's the market. For an elite-level quarterback, for one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, that's the market. And if you're not willing to shell out that kind of money, somebody's going to. Somebody will. Looking at golf, Phil Mickelson arrived at the U.S. Open today, which is is interesting because if you look at it, so the guys that transferred from the PGA Tour over to the LIV, they are not allowed to play in PGA Tour events. They are suspended by the PGA Tour. However, the PGA Tour does not sanction the four majors. So the LIV guys who... LIV only has eight tournaments on the year right now. Go play their eight tournaments, and then they can play in the four majors and just live large. So Phil Mickelson pulled up today at the U.S. Open, and all eyes were on him. And from from what I read and from what I gathered, he said very little. He said very, very, very little. However, the... PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan has done nothing 
but throw jabs and talk about portrayal. And, you know, RP3 put it perfectly. We, we, were, t- we were discussing it earlier. He sounds like the whiny ex-girlfriend that just can't let go. Look, it is what it is. Things happen the way they did. Move on. People are complaining, oh, you know, they took Bryson DeChambeau. They took Bryson, they took Patrick Reed. Wow, you took two of the villains. So what? Sure, Bryson DeChambeau is one of the biggest names on the tour. But nobody likes him. So move on. Stick with your guns of Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. Promote some young guys into the into the picture. Like Sam Burns. Put Brooks Kepka more in a highlighted role. That's your face of the PGA Tour now. Tiger Woods, obviously, until he decides to retire. That that's just what it needs to be now. You you can't sit there and go, oh well, Phil and you know Bryson and all those guys. So what? It is what it is. Move on. Let's see. The Memphis Grizzlies have handed. Taylor Jenkins, a multi-year contract extension after finishing second in Coach of the Year voting and leading the Grizzlies to the second-best regular season record in the NBA. Jenkins has been the Grizzlies head coach since 2019 and has led the team to the playoffs in each of the last two seasons. James, was this a good move for Memphis? I think so. I mean, the fact that you've been able to make three playoff trips – You've gradually improved each year. You have your guy both on the floor in John Morant, and you've got the coach. They seem to be a good duo. And even when Jaw's out, like, did you? I, I don't know the exact percentage off top, but I think they they were about an 80% win percentage mm-hmm. whenever they don't have John in the lineup. So it's like, no matter what, they're a good team. And it's because of the front office and the coach to elevate them to a whole nother level. So it, it was a great move. Well, I've, while I've got you on the mic, I, I have a question for you. Okay. I was told by a very close basketball source that I have uh-huh. that Ime Udoka is going to be, quote, goaded. <laughs> yeah. If he, if he wins, if, if the Celtics win the finals? Well, not, not just that, just in his career as a whole. I mean, it's, it's an incredible start. Because he's never had any head coaching experience, not on any other level, like at all. This was his first time being a head coach for any team. And the fact that he's figured out what we need to do, he's been on the players' asses the whole season, and they're all the way now two wins away from winning an NBA Finals. Yep. Who does that? I mean, really. Name a, co- name a coach that can do that. I mean... It's, it's a great start, and if he can continue it, you have to consider him one of the best coaches. Yeah, no. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put him there already and put him on a pedestal already after one season, even though it's not even done yet. But it's a hell of a start. Super regional update from Stanford, California. UConn leads the number two Cardinal three to two in the top of the third. Winner goes to Omaha. Auburn and Oregon State play at 6.30 tonight. You also have the NBA Finals tonight at set at 8. And the Astros play the Rangers tonight at 7 
and you can listen to the Astros right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll take a time out. When we return, James and I will talk NBA Finals. And James is going to tell you why the Celtics are going to win two out of three. You're listening to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers. Houston Astros, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. It's time to talk NBA Finals. Let's start with Game 4, Friday night, a 107-97 to victory for Golden State. The only thing I can say here is the chef was cooking. The, the chef told everyone, get out of the kitchen. I got this. Because he just had, it felt like he had the ball in his hands the whole game. 43 points from Stephen Curry, 14 of 26 from the field. He was also 8 of 9 from the free throw line, seven threes. Seven threes. The man was 50% behind the arc. Are you kidding me? The Splash Brothers, Thompson and Curry, you, if you combine their three-point percentages, 45%. That's absurd. Their three-point average together was 45% Friday night. That's absolutely wild. 18 out of Clay. You got 17 out of Wiggins. And and you ready for this? Draymond. Let's talk about Draymond. Two points. Standard. However, <laughs> he showed up everywhere else. He did. Nine boards, eight assists, four steals. You're going to need more points out of Draymond if you're going to win the series because Steph's not scoring 43 every night. Every night, that's not going to happen. You can you can expect about thirty, but to hit the forty mark the the last three games, and then uh, you're you're not going to get twenty five from your bench either. Most nights, no, because Looney's, and, and that was what's what was weird was they put Otto Porter to start instead of Kavon Looney. They did it for a spacing because it felt like well if Draymond can't shoot and Looney can't shoot right well now we got a real spacing issue. But then soon after, they kind of just went loony most of the way and kind of had Porter only play 15. Yeah, I mean, you got 43 from Steph. You got 18 from Clay, You got 17 from Wiggins. You got 14 from Poole. You're not going to get those numbers from everybody consistently. Tonight's going to say a lot about the rest of this series. Personally, I know the Celtics have never won, have never lost back-to-back games, or it's been forever since they've lost back-to-back games. Yeah, you have to go back to last playoff, last year's playoffs. I think it happens tonight. You think it happens tonight? I do. Mm. Uh, I, I think that Golden State is going to be 
high energy after tying the series, and Steph's going to come back out and have another game. But then here, that's where it gets interesting. Steph has a game tonight. He's silent. The, the rest of the two. series. Silent. You got some bold moves, Cotton. Hey, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's <laughs> see if it works out for him. <laughs> Let's see it. I mean, I, I think what I think. Uh, I see this being very similar to the 3-1 season. It's just going to be 3-2. <laughs> you just but it'll be an even series instead of being up three. But they're but they're gonna absolutely blow it. Okay, interesting. And Celtics win it in seven. Okay. Game four made me change course on my prediction. <laughs> Game three previously made the other one well, made you change previously again. Yeah, I know. I I changed my mind a lot. Um. It so happens. yeah, it, that's just. I I think Golden State wins tonight. It'll be a close game. Boston's gonna put up a fight. I think you're gonna get a good game out of Tatum. Who had who had a pretty good game? I mean, eight of twenty three is not great, uh, shooting wise. Eleven boards, six assists though, and then you know, looking at it, one guy for the Celtics, and and you might be able to agree slash disagree. Robert Williams has to score more. It'd be nice, but what you what you mainly ask him to do is just be a force on the defensive end. Like I, I showed you that three minute video of him just blocking people throughout the season. Yeah. Like that that's just his biggest thing was defend and block shots. If, the only thing is I need him to contest more because he's a when whenever they run screens, I mean Derek White and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're getting stuck on the screens and they're going above. I wish they would go under. Yeah. But if they're gonna go over, I need I need Grant. I need Rob. I need Al. I need you to step up to the three point line. I can't you. I can't have you at the mid range if Steph's going to shoot the three. He's right. going to make that every time. I need you to get in his face and contest it because it's 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 way too easy. the The thing that worries me though is like I say, Robert Williams needs to score more. I need him to score more if Horford and Williams and Grant Williams aren't don't scoring show themselves. Up. If they don't show up. Robert Williams has to step his game up. Yeah, I'm not, the, I'm not asking for a lot. Turn that seven into a twelve, like just a couple more points, or or give me give me another dunk and give me a free throw. Right, just get, just give me three just, more, just something, because I mean you got 18 out of Smart, which is fine. You got 21 out of Jalen Brown. Again, it's fine. That's that's kind of what you expect. You had 23 out of Tatum. And you had 16 from Derek White. Right. The problem with Tatum, though, is you can sit there and say, oh, you know, 23, that's not as great as game. Well, no, it's not. But at the same time, you can't expect him to be the bell cow. You can't You can't expect him to be the bell cow, and you can't expect him to be every Steph night. efficient because Steph's, Steph's like seen just about everything at this point. Yeah. Tatum's still growing. He's still learning as we're playing this series. He's still trying to get used to this. Because now that they've gotten this far, they're they've been running a lot of traps. They've been running a lot of double teams. They're they've been running blitzes when he least expects it, and then it's like, oh, now I'm pressured. Uh, I got to pick up my dribble and either take a tough shot or make a bad pass like across court. So it's just a little tough for him. Wish he would make some more shots because sometimes he'll brick a layup whenever he's going on a fast break or 
They really clog the paint at the last second to contest it, and it just unfortunately misses. But you can't... I, I'm not too worried about it because he's still putting up stats across the stat sheet. He's still getting... He got three blocks. He had more than Rob Williams. He got a steal. He got six assists, and he hit double-digit boards. So even though he wasn't efficient shooting the ball, he's still able to be that playmaker and have Jalen Brown be a little more of the efficient scorer who shot 45%. Hey, just don't don't forget this. Doug Gottlieb in 2009 said that Stephen Curry doesn't have the upside of Rubio, Jennings, Flynn, Mills, and Teague, who are all more athletic. Hmm. Don't forget that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, somebody also said that he was far below NBA standards. That was because he was super skinny and was a little under the average height. And then a reporter in San Jose in 2010 said, I just don't see Curry becoming a superstar. I wonder how those guys feel today. Yeah, they're like, mm, can we delete those uh, yeah, articles? Can, can can we can can our work just like go away? So because so he, he you wanna you wanna hear why? Yeah. I believe why why do you the, think the Celtics, you think the Celtics win two out of three? So we we know this is this has been highly publicized, but every time Kendrick Lamar drops an album, the Warriors win the finals. So if you want to do a point system. One to Warriors, or they they've won a game. Let's say right. Last, I mean, what's what's a really good movie that you like? I mean, there there was one that just popped up recently, huh? In uh, Top Gun. Yeah. The wh- when was the Top original Gun, yeah. Top Gun came out? Uh, original Top Gun came out nineteen eighty six. Who won the NBA Finals in eighty six? I'm going to assume the Boston Celtics. You, yes. Okay. Do you know what was? Do you know what's the same about the last three NBA Finals winners? Uh, they eliminated Jimmy Butler. Correct. The Raptors took him out when he was on the Sixers in 2019 and 2020. The Lakers beat him beat in him the in bubble. The and then the Bucks took him out in the Eastern Conference Finals right. in last season. And then they eventually became champs. So, And the Celtics did that just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So... If you're doing if you're doing the game system, two to one in, in favor of Boston. Not to mention, what, what's what's a really good dynamic duo that's historic? Kobe and Shaq. That's one, but can you name me another? Pippen and Jordan. There you go. Do you, do you know what their record was when their first eleven playoff series? Do you know what their record was? Nine and two. Eight and three. Close. Yeah, was close. And within the games, they were 63%. Okay. With the Celtics and Tatum and Brown in their first 11, can you guess what their record is? Are they 8-3 and three also? They are. Okay. And their win percentage is 60%. So close. So pretty close. Right. And do you know what the final result for the 12th playoff series for Jordan and Pippen? Mm-mm. They won the 1991 NBA Finals. We're on the twelfth. We're on the twelfth series for the Celtics. All right, so history's lining up. Yeah, and this is their and for Pippen and Jordan at twenty eight and twenty five, they won their first finals together. So okay. it, it it feels like it'd be a little more impressive with Tatum and Brown at twenty five and twenty four. Yeah. So looking at it, 
three one. I, I I know I may trigger a couple Warriors fans anytime I say three one. It, it's look it's looking real good. I I mean don't get me wrong I'm for it. I am all for the and, Celtics and I, and I love history. I don't know about you, but I love history, and I've noticed a lot of times history and a lot of times in sports history tends to repeat itself. Hey, I'm a history guy too. Just don't bring up Rob Blake. <laughs> Or Jeff Blake, whatever his name there is. There it is, yeah, Jeff Blake. Rob Blake, I had hockey on my mind. Uh, let's do this. It's the game's birthday, which is your invitation to party with us as we celebrate 10 years of being Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Join us at Buffalo Wild Wings next Wednesday, June 22nd. On Ambassador, there will be delicious wings, amazing door prizes, including station swag, Astros tickets, a 50-inch TV donated by AVI, car washes from the wash from Service Chevrolet, a gift card from Partners Limited, and so much more. In addition, Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh, your boys, will be broadcasting live from the party. Join us at B-Dubs Wednesday, June 22nd from 4 to 9 for the game's 10th birthday bash. Take a time out right here. When we return, Wilson Alexander of The Advocate joins us for Tiger Talk on this Monday afternoon. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Hit high. Hammered to left field. Going back, taking a look is Holcomb, and it's gone! Time to talk all things Bayou Bengals with the advocates, Wilson Alexander. Here is Tiger Talk on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate joins us on your Monday afternoon for Tiger Talk. Wilson, hope you had a good weekend, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I had a good weekend, and I hope you did as well. Yeah, man, it was always a good weekend. Always, And now it's always good to get back to work and chat with you about the Tigers. So let's do that. Before we get to football, I do have a baseball question. Talk to me about Dylan Tebrick, mm-hmm. the, the transfer pitcher, the grad transfer from Creighton, two-time Big East Conference Pitcher of the Year. What is he going to bring to Jay Johnson's pitching staff? Well, he brings some experience, which they really need. I mean, you could tell right after the season ended that LSU, that Jay and and pitching coach Jason Kelly were going to be addressing this pitching staff, which um, you could see throughout the year was maybe going to be an Achilles heel at times and ended up kind of being that in the final series, you know, season ending series against, you know, in the regional against uh, Southern Miss. And so, yeah, they bring in Dylan. Um, he's uh, had some success at Creighton, um, had some starting experience this past season. He started 17 games. He finished 8-2 and two with a 2.71 ERA. Um, he's had 115 strikeouts, only 33 walks. Um, so they really liked what they got from him. You know, somebody who could probably slide into that rotation um, and maybe give them, um, along with whoever else they kind of maybe bring in on the pitching side of things or if they're able to get really get a stud freshman or further develop somebody like Ty Floyd or Blake Money in their secondary pitches. Um, you know, Javon Coleman, maybe he can come, depending on when he can come back from his arm injury, then maybe you've got some more uh, starters in there. Obviously, this past season they had Mikhail Hillier, but they needed, they needed more starters, and so Dylan gives you one. 
All right, let's talk football now, and I'm going to start with Jaden Wayne, the edge rusher from Washington, made an official visit to LSU this weekend. It was his second trip to Baton Rouge in the last two months. And, you know, a lot of things that I'm seeing is that LSU kind of checks every box that he has. You know, tell me about Jaden and what he could bring to a to a defense for Brian Kelly. Well, he's a 6'5", 245-pound edge rusher. He's a four-star uh, top 45 recruit in the country. Anytime you can sign someone like that, it's usually pretty good. Um, and LSU wants to con- – although defensive line, when you look at the roster, is a bit of a strength. I mean, Quincy Wiggins are high on him, and he just came in as an early enrollee. Um, you've got guys like uh, Jacqueline Roy and Mason Smith, who's only a sophomore. But, like, you know, B.J. Ojulari and Ali Gay – um, this is certainly Ali's last year, and it's probably BJ's as well. And so you need to continue to add in behind them on the defensive front to make sure that's a group that's strong moving forward under Jamar Kane. He wants to continue to do that, and Jaden would be a huge addition if they can get him. And, you know, they're going to be fighting against a lot of the top programs in the country for him, Georgia, Miami, Oregon, Alabama. He's, you know, from out in Washington, like you mentioned. Um, it won't be easy to get him, but he ha- certainly has some interest having visited a couple times. Wilson Alexander, the advocate, joining us here for Tiger Talk. All right, quarterback room. You know, it's already pretty loaded with guys like Garrett Nussmeyer, Miles Brennan, Walker Howard, and then Jaden Daniels. But Brian Kelly's still looking to to continue that, that flow of the quarterback room. And two guys that he really has his eyes on, Jaden Rashada out of Pittsburgh, California, and Dante Moore, who is a five-star from Detroit, who, according to On3 Sports, LSU is the favorite to land him. What can you tell me about these two guys? Well, they're the two biggest uh, quarterbacks not in Louisiana in this in this cycle. Um, you know, in Arch Manning, um, it's, you know, LSU's tried to try to make up some ground with him ever since Brian Kelly got on, but he seems headed for either Georgia, Texas, or maybe even still Alabama, which, of course, signed – or not signed yet, but got a commitment from Eli Holstein and Zachary. He was sort of the other major Louisiana quarterback. So those two big Louisiana quarterbacks are probably headed out of state. And so LSU, which although it has a solid quarterback room right now, especially in the day and age of the transfer portal, you just want to continue to load that thing. So keep bringing in good quarterbacks as much as you can. Um, that's what most of the top programs in the country are doing. Um, and LSU wants to continue to do that as well, um, even though it's just signed Walker Howard and has Garrett and all the others. So Dante and Jaden are probably the two biggest names that they're looking at. Jaden is going to announce his commitment uh, this Saturday. Um, and LSU doesn't necessarily seem to be in the driver's seat, but maybe has a shot. Um, but even if it doesn't get him, like you mentioned, Dante, um, it's been a little bit of a difficult recruitment to track, but um, he came and visited LSU during the spring game, took a picture with Joe Burrow at the time. Um, he seems high on them right now, and his, he was interested maybe at one time at Notre Dame, but Notre Dame signed, um, I think it's DJ Carr, who's um, uh, related to Lloyd Carr, the former Michigan coach. Notre Dame got a commitment from him, and he's in the 2024 class. So Dante, they might have a good chance of getting a commitment from him um, whenever he decides to make it. LSU had the seven-on-seven camp this weekend. Jaden Rashada was one of the players in attendance. You also had Kyle Parker, a four-star wide receiver from Texas, and five-star wide receiver Shelton Sampson from right there at Catholic High of Baton Rouge. A lot of talent in Baton Rouge. You know, talk to me. How close is LSU to to acquiring some of these guys? 
Yeah, they're in pretty in pretty good shape, I would think. Um, you know, it's like any sort of commitment. It's also kind of weird right now um, just because you have a new class, or excuse me, a new staff. They've got to come in and build relationships um, that other staffs have had a while um, to build. But LSU's uh, and in pretty good position for a lot of them. I mean, Shelton Sampson seems to be an LSU lean. Um, they've got a good shot at, um, you know, and, and another person maybe to mention um, would be Ricky Collins, who's a quarterback at Woodlawn. Um, he's currently committed to Purdue, but if those other quarterbacks don't work out, then LSU um, might try to go after him being a local kid. Um, Jordan Matthews, you know, right now it seems like Texas is in the lead for him. Um, but there's still time, and LSU has certainly made up some ground, and, and he was impressive at, at the camp this weekend. So um, anytime you grow up in the Baton Rouge area, you're probably at least interested in, in, in maybe going to LSU, um, and LSU is going to try to go after those guys. They want to have um, the best in-state uh, players stay in-state, and, and that starts uh, right around campus. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Keishon Butte was supposedly seen without a walking boot. Obviously, we knew that this was going to come since he's he's been shut down for for most of the last half of the season and the off season. But you know, just hearing the news that he could be out of a walking boot, where is he at in his recovery, and and how close is he to maybe being a hundred percent in time for the season? Yeah, I mean, he's, he remains on track. Um, it's the perfect thing that I've heard. The walking boot, um, it's not a big surprise or anything, but certainly it's just another encouraging thing to see um, that he was able to get out of that because he originally had the surgery. It didn't heal quite properly. That's why he had to have the second one uh, to fix that, and that's why he was in the walking boot during spring practice. Um, to get that off is a good sign that his recovery is, is progressing as it should. Um, Brian Kelly has continued to say, um, when we last spoke to him, that Kayshawn was on track to return. Um, they're expecting a big season out of him. They need a big season out of him. Kayshawn has said that he feels good. He's participating right now in, in summer workouts. Um, and so all signs point to a full return for him this fall. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate has joined us for Tiger Talk. Wilson, appreciate you taking the time as always. Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you again next Monday. All right. You have a good week, too. Thanks for having me. Tune in next week for another edition of Tiger Talk. Here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Rescue Fest is Saturday, June 25th at Park International. It's a day of live music featuring the Sarah Russo Band, Jet 7, Layla Laverne, Hunter Corville, and Cam Nelson. Plenty of food, games, even a raffle for you to take part in. Rescue Fest is a fundraiser for the Rescue Group of Acadiana, a group that provides financial and emotional assistance to grieving families of child loss. To buy tickets, go to Eventbrite or by visiting rescuegroup.org. R-E-S-C-Y-O-U. Rescue. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, let's... uh, I'm going to get your take on the NCAA Super Regionals 
Talk to me about your thoughts when you saw Tennessee go down at the hands of Notre Dame. Honestly, shocked. Because, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it felt like it was a foregone conclusion. It, it, it almost felt a little too boring, like, yeah, it's probably just going to be Tennessee. They're going to make it to the College World Series. They're probably just going to win it because they feel That's unbeatable. what they do. Right. They, they, it's just what happens when it comes to Tennessee and baseball. But it kind of felt like it was a turning point whenever their best hitter decided to get argumentative with the ump. Yeah, and Drew it, Gilbert. It, yeah. <laughs> got a suspension and then got another one on top. So he, so he was... He missed the final two games. Yeah, he well he played he played yesterday. He he, he did okay, play so yesterday. He, so he missed the rest of Friday's game. Correct. He was ejected in the fifth inning and then was handed a one game suspension. So he he sat out Saturday and then was back Sunday. But yeah, I mean Tennessee people were talking about them being one of the best college baseball teams ever. Yeah, it 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 feels like it's one of those categories where it's like now. They are one of the best teams, but now you have to put them in the category of one of the best teams that was never able to win the championship. To get it done, right. Because there's, there's plenty of really good teams where it's like, it feels like it's a foregone conclusion that, yeah, they're they're winning it all. And then they get upset by someone like Notre Dame. And then you have to put them in the immortality of not being able to get it done. Right. Yeah, it was it was a crazy weekend. Arkansas coming back from the dead late in the game to advance to Omaha as well. So far today, Stanford and UConn playing right now. Stanford has a 4-3 to lead in the bottom of the fourth. Going back to basketball, I didn't get to ask your opinion on this when we were talking NBA a minute ago. Adam Silver entering health and safety protocols will not be in Game 5 tonight? Yeah, a little bit, little bit of a yike situation. Yeah, that's especially this close to game not, time. Not great timing. No. Um, if it if it would have happened Saturday or Sunday night, it's like okay, well, it's, right. it's whatever. But the fact that we didn't get the notification till three o'clock, right? Tip off, tip off in five hours, and you're just now getting thrown into protocol. Yeah, that, again, not not great timing. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he's. If he's back, because Game Seven would be Sunday, so will will he be there to give the Larry O'Brien Trophy to the champ? I don't know. That'll be interesting. So if he doesn't, is it Mark Tatum? Is it your deputy commissioner that would handle that responsibility? Probably. Feels like it. I, I... Probably. Um. I mean, we we've never had a scenario like this. That's no, interesting. It's a first time type of thing. Looking at NASCAR yesterday, the Save Mart 350 in Sonoma, Daniel Suarez getting the win. It was his first cup win of his career, and he was only the fifth foreign-born driver to win a NASCAR race and the first from Mexico. So big day for Trackhouse Racing and Daniel Suarez. Man, Trackhouse, they're off to a big start. This year, I mean, if you look at NASCAR in terms of ownership, Hendrick Motorsports is, you know, the the team in sports. And right now in owner standings, Hendrick Motorsports leads the way, but Trackhouse Racing is right behind them in second. 
So very good year for Justin Marks and his startup racing team, Trackhouse Racing. Golf, the PGA Tour, the RBC Canadian Open. What a weekend for Rory McIlroy. I mean, you just you can't say enough about the performances that he had. The first two days, he did just enough to hang around. And then a final round of 62 yesterday, an 8-under performance to win the race to the finish with Justin Thomas and Tony Finau breathing behind his neck. Finished 19-under for the tournament. However, the story of the day yesterday was Justin Rose. You ready for this, James? The man shot a 60. Okay, he was 10 under for the day yesterday and had three bogeys. Absolutely wild. Our number one has come and gone. In our number two, we'll start talking with the LIV. We'll update the poll question and we'll talk some Houston Astros. Here on this Monday edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, you're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. This is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of two, and it's 502. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. All right, James, we're going to go right to the poll question because I, I, we, we got to have a conversation about this. Does David Johnson help the Saints? So far, 39% say yes, 39% say we'll see, 22% say no. We got a comment on Twitter from our guy Steve Flint. He only helps if he turns into Tom Brady and leads him to a Super Bowl. With Jameis, the Bucks never made the playoffs. With him and the ginger, the Saints couldn't win a game of solitaire. Hashtag need a QB. Thought we were done with this conversation. I don't know how this keeps getting brought back up. I thought this conversation had come and gone. I'm sorry. I know Andy Dalton's 34 years old now. but But he's a clipboard quarterback. Wasn't there a short period of time where he was in the MVP conversation and led Cincinnati to the playoffs? Yeah, he, he led Cincinnati to quite a few playoff series, like back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. They didn't win any of them, but the fact that he had led them multiple times. And then has Jameis Winston once been given a fair shot in New Orleans? No, because he was under Drew the first year, and then last year he got injured. Last year he seven, seven he was, games. When he was starting to just get into his groove. It felt like he was finally comfortable after that Seattle game. It felt like this was the breakout game against the Bucks, and then in the middle of the second quarter he goes down. Jameis is an NFL Rookie of the Year. He's a pro bowler. And the last time he played a full season, he led the league in passing yards. Okay. The guy is capable 
of playing quarterback in the NFL at a high level. With this offense, with the weapons that he has, Jameis Winston is going to be just fine. I'm not going to say he's going to be elite. I'm not going to say he's going to win an MVP. I'm not I'm not going to say that yet. He's winning comeback player of the year, though. I, I could agree with that. I could see that. But don't don't tell me that the Saints need a quarterback. I respect all opinions, even wrong ones. The Saints don't need a quarterback. At all. They're just fine in the quarterback department for years to come. All right, there's my rant. I'm good. And it's funny because say you can't win a game of solitaire, but they they sure as hell won nine football games with four different QBs, including one being Ian Book. Ian Book. Which I like Ian Book. But do I want him on the field right now? <laughs> no. Hell no. Hell no. Not even close. I didn't want him I didn't even want him on the field when with Miami. Update from California. They have played four complete innings. Stanford now leads UConn eight to three. Sounds like the Cardinal might be going to Omaha. Uh, While we're on the subject of college baseball, one of the coolest (laughs) nicknames that I have heard. So you know how teams try to change their team name and mix in Omaha? So Arkansas called themselves the Omahogs. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. It's pretty solid. Um, Mississippi State last year, they were the Omadogs. Yeah. Like stuff that's pretty clever. Um so we'll we'll see what happens with Omaha. Omaha's always fun. It'll be it'll be a great two weeks of college baseball. Going back to the poll question though on Facebook, got a comment from Robert Duplachan. He says, I don't think he would hurt anything. Exactly my point. On David Johnson. And then Cody B. Broussard says, we'll see. Kamara could end up being suspended four to eight games. Ingram will definitely need help. Abram Smith could very well be in the mix also. Tony Jones Jr. might be on a short leash as a roster spot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dwayne Washington is basically a number three or four running back but plays special teams well. A lot will depend on how many running backs the team decides to keep. We may do away with the fullback position. Look for two running backs to be kept on the practice squad. Ogzebo is a camp body trying to make the squad as well. Does David Johnson help? We shall see, but this is a crucial situation for the Saints headed into the season. You guys know the drill. When we don't have a guest on the line, the hotline is open, 706-0111. Let's go to the hotline now. Martin joins the show. What's going on, Martin? Hey, buddy. Hey, Martin, what's up? Oh, not too much. Uh, but not a question for me, guys. I heard it just a while ago. Uh, so you said that Steph Curry is going to go silent the rest of the week. Is that correct? After tonight. I think he has one After. more good game, and then he, he's going to – I think he's going to go cold in six and seven. Uh, that's that's kind of hard to do, man. We are talking about Steph Curry, you know. Uh, you know, and I got a question, another question for you. So let's say the Golden State wins tonight. 
do you think that Boston can win two straight in San Francisco? Because it's because now it's a best of three in San Francisco. That's what I, I I'm gonna change my prediction. I, I think Golden State wins in seven. Uh, I think Boston may, wins one more game, whether it be tonight or tomorrow night, uh, uh, or the, uh, in game six. But I, I just think, like I said, experience and uh, home court advantage, man. That that That's two things to kind of go against, you know? Well, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't disagree. Um, I just – Curry has been – meticulous in his career where if he has a stretch of really good games, which he has through the first four, I mean 34-29, 31-43, he's going to have to have a bad night at some point. Right. And, okay, and, uh, you know, and I understand, you know, y'all been hard on Draymond, but I got to I gotta say something too. Where's Jason Tatum been? You know, he really hadn't been Jason Tatum in the finals, you know? I mean... I, I and and I'm not comparing Jason Tatum to Draymond because Tatum's in a whole other league. You know, I agree with that. He, I mean, he's a future star. If I mean, he's right on the verge of breaking through. You know, uh, but I, I just think the Warriors have more power, more power, and I think they're gonna get it done in seven, man. But I may be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if they got it done. Um, I just think that the the coaching staff that the the Celtics have. Is it's too powerful right now? And uh, I got one more question for you, for the both of y'all. Okay. What y'all predict the Stanley Cup Finals? I I think I got my uh, Colorado Avalanche. I think they win in six. I think it's gonna be uh, you know a heck of a series. You know, I mean they got in my opinion the two best teams in the finals this year. You know, uh, but I think this is. Uh, I think this is the year that you know Colorado is gonna dethrone the champions, man. But y'all have a good one, man. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, Avs in five, if you ask me. Um, but I want to go back to the Jason Tatum comment. Okay. So through the four games of this year's NBA Finals, he's averaging twenty-two point three points a game, with nearly nearly eight assists a game. And seven rebounds a game. So 22, seven, and almost eight. How do you ask for more out of a team that has a big three? James, can, can you ask for much more? I don't know exactly what you want from somebody who... He's not getting double teamed and trapped every play. But it happens pretty often, and I don't know many people that can score on double teams and traps and late blitzes consistently. I don't, I don't know how many people can do that, and on a consistent basis. I know, I know Curry gets a lot of attention, but at the same time, if you watch Curry, all he does is run around, and he gets five screens as he's running around for, between Draymond, Looney, sometimes Poole, sometimes him and Poole do a little merry-go-round where they spin around with each other and then they go in opposite directions and go to opposite corners. So it's it's constant movement, a lot of screens with the offense, 
and he ends up just getting a wide open shot because the defender can't fight through seven screens at once and still be able to either heavily contest or block the shot. I, I just, uh, I feel like it's a different thing. Not to mention when it comes to Jason Tatum, he's also learned to become more of a passer and more of a facilitator while Jalen Brown, that's not necessarily his game. And he's more of the scorer and kind of more of the ISO guy. They both are ISO, but Tatum, he's kind of knows if I if I need to sacrifice and be more of a passer and get Jalen good looks or dish it to Smart or dish it to Grant in the corner, I'll do that. And that's what you've seen. He only scored twelve in game one, but he got the thirteen assists. He's getting boards on the defense on the defensive end, and he's still getting twenty points. It's not like he's scoring. 12 each game. It's not like he's putting up Draymond-type numbers where he's getting single digits each game. Right. I mean, he. that's just... that. That's a lot to ask for out of a, a, it's a guy... Lot to, it's a lot to ask of a guy who's in his first NBA Finals and still 24 years old. Right. No, I agree. 100%. Now, here, I, I want to go back to my Stephen Curry argument about how he's going to go cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go back to the NBA Finals in 2016 when the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. Now, this doesn't relate to my point of he's going to go cold in 6-7. and seven. This more relates to my point that he's due for a bad game. Okay, so his highest point total was 38. He had 30 and then 25. That was in 4-5-6, and six, respectfully. Okay. The other four games, 11, 18, 19, 17. He's due for a sub 20 performance. He is. That's that's Stephen Curry's MO. I mean, if you look at the 2015 finals, 26, 19, 27, 22. Then he had 37, and then he finished it off in Game 6 with 25. And then the 2017 Finals, 28-32-26. In Game 4, he had 14. And then in Game 5, when they closed it out, he had 34. Every NBA Finals that Stephen Curry has played in, he has at least one, most of the time, two, Sub-20 performances. Hasn't had one yet in this finals. He's due for one. Not to mention you've seen him multiple times these playoffs where he's not going for 7 for 14 or 5 for 10. You see him going more 2 of 7, 2 of 8, right. 3 of 10. He He's just been super efficient this whole series. Yeah. I, I, I know he has a good history with the Celtics where he has high-scoring games, but... I I could definitely see it with you where it's like, I mean, he's been hot the all four games thus far. He's, I mean, what's the likelihood that he that he's averages thirty two all series? If he does, he's gonna get he's gonna get the one award that's eluded him, the Finals MVP. But that's if they win. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if he if he continues to average thirty two points a game, they're gonna win the series. They're going to. If he keeps up these performances, they're going to win the series. 
Um, and, and if that's the case, if they do win the series and he's playing the way he is, he's going to be the Finals MVP, which would be the one award in his career that has looted him. He's already won a league MVP. He was Rookie of the Year. He's a multi-time All-Star. He's a multi-time NBA champion. The only thing that's left to put on his resume is a Finals MVP. I agree. I just I wonder. It's a team game. You got four other people on the court. What what support is he going to get? Because they made a nice comeback in Game Four, but it felt like it was all Steph Curry. Right. I, and this was the first time that he did it pretty much by himself in this series. It's true. Can you can you see him doing that two more times? Or are you going to need more from Poole and Wiggins and Clay? Can, can we see Clay scoring 20-25 for the rest of the series? Because it feels like that's also what you need. Steph can score 30, but if everyone's scoring um, 15 and under, right. you're more likely not going to win. No, it's true. That's a good point. Um, you're gonna need you're gonna need game five, Clay, to come out tonight. If you, because I don't know, it's gonna be interesting because if the Celtics can win tonight, that changes things. It does because right now Golden State has all the momentum, but if Boston walks into San Francisco and steals another one. Oh, man. The Warriors might be so dejected that they just fold in Game 6. I can't see that because we've seen it. We know the legend that is Game 6, Clay. So, your prediction may be correct with Steph in Game 6 and or Game 7 falling apart. And this is where it would be perfect timing for Game 6, Clay, to come out where he drops... 45 himself where he's going 8 for 17 from 3. Right. I don't know, man. Tonight's game is going to be fun. And I know you're going to have some crazy 30-leg parlay to, <laughs> to shell out. Um. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about I, I apologize for the, for the Grant Williams advice. Yeah, I didn't take it anyway. Okay, good. Because he only scored 3. Yeah. No. So that wasn't great. Yeah, I, I looked at it. I was like, I have doubts for it. I'm taking it out. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to have Shell Oyster House here in Lafayette. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood. How do you win that gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House? You got to join the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. We'll take a time out. And on the other side, we're going to talk about all things black and gold. Will Lutz is back. Where's Demario Davis? And we'll dive deep into David Johnson. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, the Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! 
It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, you know, there, there's things in sports, there's songs in sports that are tradition, right? And everybody has, like, their own thing. And Tennessee... It's their fight song, Rocky Top. Okay. There's a video going around Twitter of Notre Dame fans invading a Knoxville sports bar singing Rocky Top at the top of their lungs. If that is not the ultimate jab at a fan base, I'm not quite sure what is. I mean, that's just brutal. I do love the Gator Chomp. Ooh, yeah. Maybe that should be a poll question one day. What's your favorite college football tradition? The Gator Chomp's solid. Um, I can't stand the cowbells. The cowbells. I can't stand those. No. Bro, just make your own noise. I got a fever. And the only thing that'll cure it is more cowbell. No. Um, Dixieland Delight at Alabama. It's pretty solid. Obviously, you can't sing the lyrics on written on the radio, but it's pretty solid. Calling Baton Rouge in Tiger Stadium is up there as well. Rocky Top has got to be pretty cool. West Virginia singing Take Me Home Country Roads. Take me home. That's pretty cool. There, there's a lot. There's a lot of traditions in uh, in college football, but let's... Let's go back to the Saints. The lot of news to get into with the Saints, and we will start. It's not exactly Saints related, but kind of. Sean Payton. Uh, news came out today that the Dolphins were ready to offer Sean Payton a five-year, one hundred million dollar contract to coach the Dolphins. James, where do you stand on this news of Sean Payton? Almost getting the second highest coaching contract in NFL history. What do we get? Like three first rounders? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we you, we, you we get we get hella draft capital. You would actually. Um, I mean, we, sure. I mean, we're not going to see them for a couple more years, right? I mean, Sean's because they play the AFC West this year, right? I mean, Sean's under contract with the Saints until twenty twenty four. Or they they played the AFC East last year, so uh, we wouldn't have to see Sean for another three years, unless both make to the Super Bowl. Yep. Um. So yeah, you you got Sean under contract till twenty twenty four, which is interesting. Now you have what two head coaches under contract? Yeah, yeah. You, so you how do. does that work? If Sean calls and says, "Hey, I want to come back," do you have co head coaches? Like how? Because I mean, he's under contract. I don't know how you could stop him from coming. I don't I don't know either but I think the I think him and DA have such a respect for each other that 
Sean wouldn't cross that line. Right. So I I, I don't think it's something you would really have to worry about, but it is an interesting hypothetical. That's fair. Uh, a couple headlines from the Saints today. Will Lutz, medically cleared. Big Will. Ready to roll. I mean, I know I called him a secret weapon on Twitter, and our, our guy Brendan Ertle snapped back and said there's nothing secret about Will Lutz. <laughs> um, it's just an under-the-radar type of guy. It is because and, and the reason that I called him a secret weapon is yeah, you, you know, you hit on it. He's an under the radar guy. But then if you look outside of the Saints bubble, how he, many people know about Will Lutz like that? Talked about as an X factor for this team. He's when he's, he is. He's not looked at as like a Justin Tucker. Right. Or like a Graham Gano. And he one hundred percent is. Because he puts up just about the same percentage as them. One hundred percent. He he's one of he's one of the most valuable players on our team. It, it's just the only thing is it's the same thing with Mike. Everyone's kind of just forgotten about him since they were both out the whole year, right? Not to mention, it, I don't want to say this is a foregone conclusion, but it almost feels like a lot of the time, media, sports media, they just try to not talk about the Saints or specific players at least as possible because most don't want to say that Mike Thomas is a top five when healthy. And since he was out the whole year, it's like, okay, cool. I can kind of just like throw him off to the side and forget about him until he breaks another record. And then it's like, oh, now I have to talk about him. The Saints Happy Hour podcast retweeted the tweet about Sean Payton getting the five-year deal and it says Saints are getting picks next year for Payton book it and then he says Saints won't get two first and two seconds like the Raiders did for Gruden but they'll get something real nice teams willing to pay Payton 20 plus a year will gladly give away a first round pick for him probably more if it becomes a bidding war with multiple teams Hmm. I'm trying to think I think you're going to get two firsts I, I feel like you would but I'm I'm trying to think. What if, what if they do a player and a pick? The, but the question Good. is, what player would it be? Well, if you're if you're talking about Miami, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is let's say it's Miami, and not Dallas, because there are a lot of intriguing players. What but it some... all kind of it it depends on how the contract would work. <laughs> we we could take Teron Armstead back. That, I, I that's that was my <laughs> initial thought. It's like. But we but we still have Hurst and we and we just drafted Penning. Emmanuel Ogba? Ogba would be interesting. You could Emmanuel Ogba because he's still he's only twenty eight. Yeah. And you would add even more depth and you could just have a full arm rotation on the defensive line and not have anyone be a for sure like defensive tackle or nose tackle or right. edge rusher. You could just put them wherever you want. You've also got Duke Riley. Or or I know this is more of a different scheme, but one guy that I really enjoy watching on the Dolphins, Christian Wilkins. Yeah, I was just about to say him. Yeah. They've also got Blake Ferguson, the former LSU product that I really like at linebacker. Um, You could probably get him in a first. You, there's there's options with, with the Dolphins. 
I mean, I would love to take Tyreek Hill off their hands. <laughs> uh, imagine. But where 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 are you where are you gonna put him? Or or okay, let's say let's say Adam Trotman just just can't get it together and Gesicki. we're. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say let's say let's say Adam Trotman just can't get it together by the end of year three. It's like, hey, right, go get Jaseki. He's he's a pretty good tight end, and you get a first because you wouldn't value a, a tight end at, as a first round pick unless it's Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or George Kittle. Jaseki is like kind of like one one tier right. lower. Yep. No, that's that's a good point. It's a good way of looking at it. All right, today is the day that you are going to sign up for the game, Clubhouse. Not only is it free, but you're going to get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's with mouthwatering steaks cooked to perfection, tremendous sides, and so much more. You can only score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's. However, by becoming a member of the game, Clubhouse, at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today Let's take a time out right here when we return wade townsend a college baseball analyst former college baseball player will join us here on crunch time to discuss the college world series and his predictions for omaha here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station it's your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 13th, 1935. James J. Braddock beats Max Baer in a 15-round decision to win the World Heavyweight title at Madison Square Garden. The 10-to-1 underdog's life story is later turned into the hit movie Cinderella Man, starring Russell Crowe. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Matt Miguez and James Mesh here. It's time to talk college baseball and the insane weekend that was as we prepare for Omaha, Wade Townsend, a college baseball analyst and the host of the Wade Townsend Show, joins us here on Crunch Time. Wade, good afternoon, man. How are you? Doing great. How's it going, guys? Uh, man, doing good, doing good. So looking at this past weekend, I mean, Arkansas advances in dramatic fashion in Game 2. Tennessee takes it to the limit in Game 3. But the storyline in the country... Tennessee falling to Notre Dame yesterday in Game 3. Talk to me about the weekend in college baseball. Well, I mean, as people are seeing, college baseball is not the same as professional baseball. I mean, these games are wild. Uh, You're never out of it. And uh, anything can happen. As we're seeing, Tennessee is supposed to be the best team of all time. They lose two at their their home field. The Notre Dame team that hasn't been to Omaha in 20 years. And interesting enough, I was actually in the opposing dugout the last time Notre Dame won a College World Series game in 2002, so I know them pretty well. You know, looking at the rest of the, you know, Notre Dame, you talked about them not making Omaha in, in, since 2002. You got Texas in there as well, Oklahoma, A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss. You're still waiting to see what's going to happen with Oregon State, Auburn, Stanford, Currently putting a beat down on UConn nine to three. 
you know, who who takes those last two spots in Omaha? Well, clearly Stanford's going to go ahead and pull out, and I thought that was kind of inevitable. As uh, I mean, they just have a better a better program. It's just going to be tough for a team like UConn to come win two out of three in Stanford. But UConn's put up a good fight. You know, you got to be got to be impressed with the what they're coming out with in the Northeast. Uh, but as far as tonight, Auburn, Oregon State. I mean, this is going to be a, a brawl because. I think both the bullpens are actually pretty good. Uh, I just think that Oregon State playing at home, it just matters too much in the situation. Chatting with Wade Townsend here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You know, talking about you being a college baseball analyst, you mentioned that you were also a college baseball player at Rice. You know, how did how does your playing career and your playing days really help you analyze the game in that perspective when you talk about college baseball? I mean, I come at it from a different perspective than a lot of people because I was there and I know what actually happens and I know what actually matters. And uh, stuff like, you know, home field advantage, uh, crowd engagement, stuff like that really does matter. And then you, you'll see stuff like we were talking the other day about how there was a couple of rain delays in that Florida-Oklahoma game. I was like, guys, this could really change the whole game because if you're a team with momentum and all of a sudden that momentum just gets stopped and it's, you're just stuck there for three or four hours and your emotions are coming up and they're coming down. Uh, and then we saw Oklahoma come out and, you know, steal that game from Florida right after that happened. So I think, you know, having been there, having won the national championship, I know what it takes. I know what it's like. And so I can offer some sort of perspective based off that. Chatting with Wade Townsend here on Crunch Time. So once the Omaha bracket is set, you know, A&M, Texas, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and you've got Stanford in there as well as, you know, tonight's game's really a toss-up between both of those teams, you know, how do you see Omaha shaking out? You know, who's, who's listing a trophy at the end of it? Well, I mean, what we're going to see this year is probably one of the biggest college world series ever because some of these fan bases are going to travel with just huge, huge numbers. I mean, we're looking at it's, it's kind of like an SEC reunion there, a future reunion now that you're going to add to Texas and Oklahoma in a couple of years. Uh, it's going to be probably the most watched college world series ever. And who, as far as who comes out of it, I mean, I, I think I favor Arkansas, to be honest. Like, I, I, they're very hot. I think either Arkansas or Oklahoma, I can't, I can't really back anybody else. I just think the smart move was uh, betting some of these future lines before Tennessee got knocked out. So there's a lot of value that's been erased, you know, since Tennessee lost. Because you were getting some of these teams, you know, 40, 50 to 1 even this weekend because everybody thought Tennessee was just a lock at plus 160. And uh, clearly that didn't come out. Uh, and so, I mean, it's kind of a, this is one of those years where it's just a toss-up. Like, who knows really what's going to happen? You know, looking at the transfer portal with just, you know, everybody being able to freely, you know, come and go as they want to, the biggest name that has announced that they're entering the transfer portal is Tommy White out of, out of North Carolina State. How big is that for a guy of his caliber and his talent to be available on the transfer portal? I mean, it's good for him, obviously. It's not good for NC State. Uh, I mean, it depends on the situation. I'm not going to judge anybody based on any specific situation, but after my sophomore year where we won the after championship, uh, I can't imagine leaving under any circumstances after. Because, I mean, if you come in and you get, you get an opportunity, obviously the coaches have done a lot to help you. That's just, and it's like, well, I'm going to show some loyalty. At least that's my personal opinion. But uh, I don't know his specific situation. Maybe he has a girlfriend at a different school. Like, you just never know. You know, maybe his family is very poor and he needs to get some money. Like, I can understand that. Uh, but it's just in general, I mean, 
if you're going to rely on the transport portal, you're, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's like dating a stripper. Like you're, it's not going to end up working out that great for you. You think it is, but it's just not. Uh, you're going to deal with a lot of people that are going to be unloyal, that are, aren't going to have the same kind of makeup that you're going to want to actually win with. Wade Townsend has been our guest. Wade, really appreciate your insight and analysis into Omaha and the College World Series, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Absolutely. There he goes, Wade Townsend, the host of the Wade Townsend Show. Let's update the poll question real quick, James, before we take a timeout on this Monday. Talking New Orleans Saints, where do you see... Do you see David Johnson helping the Saints? So far, 41% say yes, 23% say no, and you got 37% saying that we will see. I'm kind of in the we'll see. I'm willing to take a chance on him. I don't know if I'm going to say the words he's going to help. I agree. I'm, I'm in the we'll see section as well. The thing is, when when you read Cody's comment on Facebook, Mm-hmm. He said it was a pressing position that you have to address. I could say you would, you, you could address it, no doubt. I'll but agree you, with I'll agree with him that there's a need there. I just feel needs a strong word because running back is such a disposable position, and you only need temporary help, and that's if Kamara gets suspended which he probably will, but it, hearing the six, seven, eight, nine, ten games that some people are saying, it, it feels that's a little much. It feels like it's going to be more of the three to four game range. Probably. Which, like, if, if that's the case, that's a lot more manageable, and you can just live with Mark Ingram, potentially Abram Smith, and or a running back, whether it be David Johnson or someone that you just pick up last minute because – Running back, I don't want to say it's a easy position to play, but I mean it's it's a lot easier to sub in and some sub out someone than it is maybe trying to get a wide receiver because normally with a running back, you're running a halfback toss or you're running a dive to the right. Yeah. That doesn't take a whole training camp offseason and working countless hours of reps with the QB. You just kinda as long as you don't lose the ball on the handoff when you're going halfback dive. I mean, it that's all it's, it's, it's all really is. So it, it's a lot easier. I wouldn't say it's a pressing need. It's something you can address to potentially improve it and see what David has. Otherwise, I'm not opposed to having Abram be your number three and you just still sticking with Dwayne Washington because he's a familiar face. He's been with the organization for a while. He knows how to play the special teams role. And he is a part of the reason why we've had a top-tier special teams unit for the last few years. Yeah, but special teams and running back are two different things. How good of a running back can he be? Because if Kamara's suspended and Ingram, who is old, gets hurt at the same time, are you confident enough to have Abram Smith and Dwayne Washington Split the carries for four games. Well, if you lose both of them, then you just go sign a running back, no problem. But you only got so many spots. You can't you can't hold on to six running backs. Who's to say that there's going to be a valuable running back there? 
There's all there's always disposable ones that you can that you can sign for three four games, and and even then we know that the Saints. This is the second time that they bring back Divino Zigbo. I mean, if you really come down to it, not to mention if you got to survive with Tony Jones for a game or two and have him take five carries, it's not optimal. But it, Tony, you don't act like it's the end of the world. Tony Jones isn't going to make the roster. I, I don't think so either. But I'm just saying, if you need somebody that's disposable for a game or two because both Mark and Kamara are out and you don't want to put 30 carries on Abram Smith, and like I said, you got to you can't just have four running backs. You have three of them that are running backs and then one of them that predominantly plays special teams. Dwayne can you can put him out a couple times like for three carries, but you're not asking him to do ten plus. You can you can sign somebody really quickly that you're familiar with and that at least somewhat knows the system. You would hope. Yeah. And some that's somebody like Tony Jones. Not it's not optimal, but if you can have him play for just a game or two and you just survive, you won't have to worry about it. You'll throw that game away and not have and just leave it in the wind. I would much rather sign David Johnson to a one year deal. Put a Zigbo and Abram Smith on the practice squad, and you have your four backs. Then I would hoping and praying that Ingram stays healthy, and if he doesn't, you try to find somebody in the middle of the season. I'm I'm totally fine with that. I just don't agree with the idea of this is a pressing need when it's a position. That has that is just the biggest on a rotating door. They come in and out just as fast as as any other position. It's the fastest because they take so much of a beating, and it's not something where it's like this isn't super complicated. I need you to run a halfback dive or run a halfback sweep. Something that you've done since either middle or high school. We'll see. We'll see. Trail is putting on a free all-day event this Saturday at Cafe 20.3 at 1500 General Mouton here in Lafayette. In addition to free paddling, there will also be a party featuring live music to help out the Mile Zero heroes by raising awareness and funds to build the new Teat Frere Park and Boat Launch at Mile Zero of the Vermilion River. Donations and sponsorships are always welcome. Trail will match up to $20,000 in donations. For more information, visit www.latrail.org. Let's take our final time out, and when we return, we'll wrap up today's show, get you set for the Astros. Tonight, right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles at a Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back. Crunch time with Miguel and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Speaking of the Houston Astros, they will play tonight at 7.05 against the Texas Rangers. And you can listen to all the action right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. James, give me a prediction for tonight. I think the Astros are able to bounce back, get back to their winning ways. Cool. I agree. Not what I was talking about. NBA Finals. Oh, NBA Finals. I thought I, I could have no, sworn I heard Astros. It, it works. I mean, I was I was going to ask you for an Astros prediction too, so it works. Um, NBA Finals. Who wins tonight? 
Who has a big night? Celtics win. It's going to be a pairing of Tatum and Brown. It's going to be more of the same what we've seen this whole series. Steph will still get his own, but I feel like the supporting cast won't be enough, and we know that the Celtics can make adjustments. All right, our penalty kick shootout that's taking place tonight. Mm-hmm. Who's winning that? Me. <laughs> He's quick. The quick draw. You really think so? I feel like I got a good shot. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not great at kicking, but I I feel like I have a good shot. That is fair. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah. Um That'll be fun. We're gonna do we're gonna do three rounds, five kicks each. Um and James apparently has a five foot tripod. Yeah. Uh so we'll record it and it'll be up what, tomorrow? Yeah, I'll either put it up super late tonight or put it up tomorrow but like when I get here. Okay. Um, so be on the lookout for that on our social media channels. Game five of the NBA Finals tonight. The Houston Astros tonight and your entire field of eight for Omaha will be decided by about 11 o'clock tonight. The College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska takes will start on Friday and will go through the 29th of June. I want to take the opportunity to thank Wilson Alexander for joining us today, as well as Wade Townsend. Thank you to the callers who called in today. James Mesh, appreciate everything you do. Monday's in the books, four to go. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. Tomorrow's going to be a fun one. Be ready for it. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. The Astros are next here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.